Hello everyone and welcome to the penultimate Kent non-league podcast of the season where Matt Gerrard and myself, John Phipps, are feeling pretty deflated after the promotion hopes of every single Kent side in the playoffs died a rotten death over the past eight days. But before we get on to the doom and gloom, let's cross over live to Broadstairs, England, where Matt is waiting to speak to me. Matt, long time no see. <laughs> yes, yeah. more top secret meetings. Um, but how are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Yeah, it's so 40, so 41. 41 we're on. Yeah, I suppose I had. Yeah, I suppose I had. And, and you were teasing me last night with something else that's, that's rattled you this week. So go on. Well, it's, the weather's been so fantastic and I've got a bit of red glow from uh, being on the beach at the weekend. I only found out that Mint Feast, a standard chocolate from the 80s, a bit like the original Feast, and Mint Feast came out and changed the world. They've discontinued it, John. How <laughs> can they discontinue the mint feast and the this is another thing that upset me as well. The milky bar lolly, you got a bit of a vanilla ice cream, talk about vanilla in a minute, and with a little bit of uh, milky bar on the top. Discontinued with that. That is my staple summer diet going out to the ice cream store. A mint feast and a milky bar lolly, and I was like gobsmacked when they told me they discontinued it. Uh, you know, it may be small people small measures to some people, but to me, I was gutted on a Saturday when I found out about that. Oh, I, I can see a social media cam- campaign coming here. Hashtag bring back the mint feast. Are you a fan of the mint feast or were you a feast fan? I, I, well, I, I always quite, quite like to feast, yeah, well, back in the day. I, I've, and the mint ones are, are always nice, but, you know, I won't be able to go and sample one now, will I? And did you see the thing, the thing on the news as well about the cost of vanilla being more expensive than silver because of this cyclone in Madagascar where all the vanilla... Uh, pods are already uh, are, so they think that vanilla ice cream could go off the menu as well because it's too expensive. This is first world problem I'm getting used to because all my three ice creams there have just been blown out of the water in the space of two days when the summer gets hot. When I went there, so I'm absolutely distraught about that. Absolutely distraught. I love a vanilla ice cream, but mint feast. Whoever runs walls, I think it's walls. If it's not, I apologise. Needs to have a hard look at themselves. That is a proper ice cream. Well, indeed, I, I can't top that for uh, public rants this week, unfortunately. But what I w- did things interesting was a minute ago you said that next our next episode will be the forty second, and and that'll be how old you are, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And that means when we start the new season, and it's episode forty three, that'll be how old you are. Isn't that amazing? Well, 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 well we've got to do it after the end of July then, which would be about right. Yeah. So, wow, when do we come up to our fiftieth episode, John? We we'll have to bring out the uh, well, if we if yeah, more after this. These streamers out for that fifty episodes. Who would have thought that? Eh? Well, exactly. Um, it, anyway, this week is our forty-first episode. This week, which I understand was the number that the late great Sir Roger Bannister wore on the day he ran the first ever four-minute mile. 
There was a very overweight man who ran his first 10k at the weekend. That's a feat I find absolutely incredible. I don't think I'm ever going to run a four-minute mile, Matt. But but uh, what, what about you? Do you think you can run a four-minute mile? No, not really. I don't, I don't really do much running. So I need to do ice cream to work out. I'm in peace. That's what I'm going to do it now. That's how we'll do it. The finish line, we'll have someone with a vat of mint feasts for you. That's, uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. If anybody out there does know that they can source some mint feasts, I'll really be pleased that they can. Excellent. That really upset me, though. Oh dear. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Matt. Anyway, after all that joviality, it's time for us to consider how a season that until a fortnight ago had such high hopes has come to this. Even this time last week, folks in Ebbsfleet and Dartford still had promotion hopes, but now all three know they are staying put. We'll start then by looking at Fleet, who pulled off an incredible comeback to beat Aldershot on penalties in their eliminator. But on Saturday, despite leading twice, they lost 4-2 after extra time at Chummere Rovers and had skipper Dave Winfield sent off. I think it... They, they probably just got a bit weary towards the end there, especially after going to extra time Wednesday, travelling up on the, on the Friday, Saturday to Tranmere, and then having to play another 120 minutes. But when the dust settles, Matt, what a season it's been for Ebbsfleet. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they've come out with credit. Sometimes we'll get, uh, the playoffs can really, you know, you know, really lower a club, can't it? Really, the gutters, but we will come to Dartford in a minute, you know, the season. But Dartford, have, um, Ebbsfleet have gone out with their heads held high that. That penalty shootout, I only really watched the penalty shootout. But in fact, it's all extra time, so it's all both goals against all the shot on the telly. And from that, and I have to say, I did cheer when Dean Rance put that penalty in because all the shot, 3 1 up, absolutely threw it away. But that shows the, the character of the Ebsley team and Dean Rance, who's a very good player, an underrated player, I think, for Ebsley, struck that penalty away. And I had a funny feeling they were going to do it, but it was going to be tough, you know. Probably what time they get out of all the shot, probably. Probably didn't get into their beds till 2 or 3 in the morning. Then they're back up, probably travelling Friday as well, up to Tranmere. So just a little bit too much game time, I think. And they got with their heads held high. And, of course, take forward to next season. And I'm sure all the Ebbsley fans are just can't wait for the season to start again now. No, exactly. And I think it will be a bit tougher for them maybe next year because there won't be so much of an unknown quantity. But if they can go out and get in... A couple of good players. I'm sure they're going to be linked with some players. And I'm sure that they won't be afraid to splash the cash. But they'll be one of the teams to absolutely watch next year, won't they? Yeah. Expectations are going to rise as well. Of course, you've seen two sides to promoted uh, in the playoffs as well. Um, it shows the strength of this division. Of both their world trial and Ebsley have got decent budgets. But they've used that budget well. And, and they'll be one of the sides. Probably they're going to be one of the top five favourites, I thought, to win the league next season as well. So. They've got to work with that pressure that will come. I'm sure that players will be coming and going. See, John Akindi, of course, started his career at Epsley. He's on the transfer list at, um, at Barnet. Would they bring him back? He may cost a bit of money, but, you know, with Danny Kedwell, he's been absolutely fantastic. Because he can't go on forever. Probably John Akindi could be uh, maybe his replacement or at least another backup striker for them all. From that point of view, they can maybe work together, use Kedwell a little bit sparingly on that. But, yeah. I'm sure it's going to be an interesting time. We'll be interested to see when they release who they get rid of some of their players, but they've got a stable squad. Yeah, I think Epsley have got a chance next season if they can avoid second season syndrome that normally goes, but they've got the quality in that squad and there's no reason why they can't be in the playoffs and celebrate this time next year. Or, or maybe even winning the league, you never know. I, personally, I hope Tranmere win the final and I guess fans of Dover, Bromley, Maidstone and Ebsley would probably rather go back to, rather have a trip to North London next year than going back to the Wirral, eh? Yeah, I think Tranmere have done their time. I think 
they're, they're pretty gracious since they've been down. Like, unlike some clubs who get come sort of a, a, a Billy big boy attitude when they come to the National League. But Bournemouth uh, are a good side. I think one of the better sides. Them and Sutton, I thought, were the two of the best sides um, I saw this season. And Bournemouth beat Sutton on Sunday. It'll be a big shock. I expect there'll be 20 times the amount of Tranmere fans than Bournemouth fans unless Arsenal fans come out of the woodwork to support Bournemouth because there's a little bit of a link between the two clubs. So, uh, yeah, I, I expect Tranmere should, but it'll be a made shock. And the repercussions if they lose to Bournemouth probably would, um, you know, would be a lot to do. But from, from a from a Kent point of view, I would say get rid of Tranmere. Maybe be more of an opportunity for one of our sides to get into the playoffs next season. Exactly. Well, let's just depressingly move down the divisions then, Matt. So we'll go to Dartford next. 17 points ahead of Braintree they finished. But then at the last, they fell short. Both second and third lost in the playoffs. So it's going to be the Hampton, Richmond, Borough or the Iron who will be in the top flight next season. Um, massively disappointing for Dartford to lose that game 1-0 at home to Braintree. And, and I think they're at a bit of a crossroads now, aren't they? Yeah, well, fair play to Tony Bell. When I went to see that game, and you know, I'll give them a bit of a slate in there on the pod that what they're going to do. They did what they had to do. They won all their remaining nine games. Um, probably the worst thing that happened to them, though, I think, was probably being so close to winning that championship. You know, they were like 90 seconds away from lifting the title. The fans had it in with Bob the Regis. They thought about it. Take it away. And I know what that meant to the players, you know, getting so close and taken away at the last minute. Braintree have seemed to have done a job with them. Maybe the, the formation didn't really work because Alfie Pavey wasn't central. He went a little bit wide wide right and it didn't really work out for them and Braintree did a job on them and it'll be really interesting to see what Dartford do now the, the main some of their key players are saying that maybe they're going to move on maybe go down to a lower level they've given a lot to Dartford what they do with managing Tony Burman but fantastic they've fallen at the last hurdle four seasons I think it's three three or four seasons they've been in the National League South and they've missed out you know missed out on the playoffs in each one so really disappointing for the Darts and a big summer for them probably from all our Kent clubs interested in what they do, how they regroup, how they grow to go in August because they come back in August. Now, Epstein fans looking forward to the season. Darford fans probably less so for the next couple of months because they realise, here we got to go again. That pain of that playoff defeat will probably be really on their mind once the season starts. Well, exactly. And, and another team they're going to be playing next year is Dulwich Hamlet. They're going to be, a, I think they're going to be quite a threat there. And, and Billericay both promoted into the National League South. So I wouldn't necessarily say that it's going to be a, a, a walk in the park. And Dartford will probably not be, well, people will look at how they've done this year and think, well, they should be up there. But there are going to be teams coming up who are going to be a real threat to them, aren't they? Well, you see, woke clubs with half decent budget probably pay more budget than what Dartford have got. The key thing for Dartford is they may lose those core players that they've had, the Radbrooks, the Harrises, etc., and the Nobles, but it's the younger players, the Paveys, the Vince, and Onima I quite like as well. Will they be able to keep hold of them if they want to think, right, I've done my time in this league, I'll test myself in the National League Premier or even Football League. So, yeah, it's a real uncertain time for Dartford. I remember Hampton and Richard go up to Braintree many a time, so I months, but... Um, you know, it's a little bit boring, I think, if the if they decide to come back down like Brentford did last season, come back up. So hopefully they can have the Brentford-Billericay derby rather than so Hampton go up So uh, from that point of view. Oh, Hampton, another one of those uh, trio of clubs in, in that sort of area that I could not, for love nor money, get to and get home from without getting lost at least two or three times. Anyway... <laughs> um, we finished with Folkestone, who were well and truly beaten by Hendon in their semi-final, losing 4-0 to the adventure runners-up, who were, as we've already mentioned, beaten by Dulwich in the final. Congratulations to Dulwich. Finally beat their playoff hoodoo, and they're up. But Folkestone, 
great season for them. Just came up short right at the very end, but they've got nothing to be sad about. They've been absolutely fantastic. They've exceeded all expectations this season. And, you know, whatever the future holds for them, they'll always remember this season very, very fondly, won't they? I think the Florida's going to go, folks. are very disappointed. I've seen, you know, let me phone at a past eight and seeing them. I didn't really need that because we'd seen them at the Maystone Cup final 10 days before that. And defensively, I thought they looked pretty solid. Maybe it was just one game too many for folks. And then they maybe look back, as, especially when you're losing the playoffs, you look back at little things. If they hadn't conceded that last minute equal, they'd have been at home to end. It was a totally different game. But if Neil Cugley can keep the core of that squad together again, he's core, core, the core is the uh, word of the podcast this week. If he can keep them together, gain certain players will all being to other clubs, I would have thought they'll have a good chance. But again, everybody's expecting expectations for us when we talk about it back in the playoffs. We never thought about that with this time last year. We were discussing them. so expectations rise. But Neil Cugley's, you know, maybe he's hurting a little bit of that playoff. How close they come next season, they think maybe we'll go, we go one, close, one, one better. Maybe with Billy Ricky out of the league and maybe Dunwich, it's maybe a little bit open league. Maybe it's a league for all the Kent sides in that division got a chance to maybe get promoted next year. Well, exactly. And we, we should talk about the Bossick South Browse as well, where the Corinthian Casuals ended up getting promoted despite losing their final on penalties to Walton Casuals. And, and that, Matt, is a real case of what could have been for Cray Wanderers and Hivetown, isn't it? I think from that point of view, if Cray had got through, could Cray have been promoted if they'd won their playoff game? I was trying to work it out for that brilliant spreadsheet from uh, uh, Gary Miller, what he said, uh, he said three. So, um, yeah, well, Corinthians had a bit of a violence, apparently, before the penalty shootout for there, wasn't it, between those two? So, um, yeah, Cray and Hive, again, they'll be chomping at the bit for the season to start again, but absolutely gutted for them. Corinthian casuals went up when, you know, they were 30 seconds of being outside the playoffs and they got up. That's what we love about football and what we love about the playoffs, really. I, I'm quite a big fan of it because everybody will have great memories. All Epsi uh, have all those great memories at Aldershot. I've got great memories when Dover were beating Ebsley, but the playoff gets a bit of criticism when you see that um, Dartford were beaten by side 17 points worse off than them, but it brings drama and it gives sides hope. Because who would have thought back in February, March time when Ebsley were way off the pace, they would get the playoff. So it gives clubs hope that it's extended bad. So I hope in the National League they continue to use it and maybe you could even extend it down the lower leagues as well because they only have one game. Maybe you could extend it to the seven sides for the Devon Bostick Premier and Devon Bostick South. Well, who knows? That's one they'll have to consider. Um, very quickly, we'll talk about the Southern Counties East League, um, where Whitsville completed a cup double with a Challenge Cup win over Tunbridge Wells on Saturday before ending their league campaign with victory at Lordswood, where keeper Dan Eason was among the scorers, but uh, he was playing in midfield, which is an interesting one. But Whitsville, two trophies and runners-up in the league and promoted. That, that's a brilliant season for them, isn't it? Well, I, I tipped them at the start of the season to, to do well and had a fantastic season. That big unbeaten run for Christmas time. They've really um, pushed on from that. And they've got momentum for the start of the season. I'm quite confident that uh, in the Devon Bostick South, Seven Oaks and uh, Whistable are going to be uh, challenging high up. But hopefully next season, uh, apart from when we saw Crane High, that the other sides, the Ramsgates, the Faversham, the Ashford, who uh, seem to be bringing players in and sorting their managerial situation out, I'm a lot more confident that the Devon Bostick South will be more of a Kent-dominated next season. Well, let's hope so, because uh, it was pretty awful this season. Um, right, then, once we're nearly at the end of the season, a couple of weeks ago, and we just haven't had time to use it, use it yet, Matt caught up with Tony Hudd, who gave his thoughts on the season, and, and admittedly things seemed a little bit more positive then. But here's Tony Hudd talking about what happened this season. 
Got a week to go early football in season, but from a Kent point of view, it's been a fantastic season, isn't it? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I've loved every minute of it. And we talked at the start of the season about the Kent clubs at the highest level, and they've all done pretty well. And I was just so pleased that Maidstone uh, have stayed in the league. One or two doubters there. That critical game against Fire, which they won 1-0, and that gave them the lift-off. Uh, to stay in the division and I'm sure they'll learn a lot of lessons from what's happened this season Ebbsfleet, terrific they've done so well um, they're up there, thereabouts uh, first season in this division I think they've had a wonderful time they've got every right to feel proud of what they've done this season they can still get in the playoffs at least after Saturday Bromley can still get in the playoffs well, Bromley, Dover can yeah, sit in the playoffs Bromley, as well yeah. what a season Bromley have had yeah this is what we were saying yeah it is absolutely marvellous it's good for football it's good for Kent football that's the thing and Kent football has really come alive this season and then we've got four outstanding clubs who some have ex- exceeded expectations others may be disappointed but it's great and look at Dover you know, uh, this this incredible game against Gateshead, it really was nip and tuck all the way. And I said to you, Matt, have you got the Valium? Because it really was nerve jangling stuff from start to finish. So pleased for them. But yeah, Kent football comes. Kent football has been the big, big winner this season for me. You think about it as well. Of course, we'd like one of our sides to go into the football league, John Gillingham, but maybe. Dartford's game it's going to their last game of the season as well against Havenham or Louisville can the darts do it? Yeah I really hope they do I'm a great admirer of Tony Berman they've got stability at Dartford um, I think it's going to be a tall order for them I really do sorry Dartford fans but uh, they've done so well but it may have to be the playoffs for Dartford they've had heartache in that as well so yeah, yeah. it's it's a big time for them as well I think and they've got Bogner to play, which is a side already relegated, but that could be a, a difficult game. You never know. Yeah, they're always banana skins, aren't they? said, oh, well, they're already... That doesn't quite work out like that because players are playing for their future, be it Bogner or any other team that's struggling. So that certainly won't be easy for them. Uh, we'll talk about Folkestone and Margate in the uh, Bostic uh, Pro- Premier League as well. Neil Cugley, what a job he's done for Folkestone. Oh, Nobody marvelous. expected them to be in the playoffs. Well, Neil is you know, still Kent's longest-serving manager. I think he is. Somebody said that once now Wenger's gone, he'll be the longest-serving manager in the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just so pleased for Neil because he's known a lot of tough times at Folkestone and this season he's had one or two extra quid to, to juggle things around and get the players in he wants and uh, they've done really well for him this season and I'm delighted, I hope they can uh, go on and uh, do something in the playoffs it'll be difficult, won't be easy but who knows, they could win the Kent Senior Cup Exactly, it's on Tuesday night game on the pod out. and also Hyde as well, another side that looked dead and buried got a new yeah. manager come in, where have they come from? Well yeah, that new manager bounce isn't it Matt we always talk about that and it certainly happened there and, and they've done really well they're rejuvenated the confidence is high and who knows what they could they could achieve but it's great to be at this time the penultimate Saturday of the season talking about ifs and buts nothing decided love it love it to bits final question we talked on the pod about who is the Kent manager of the year we've had our I'm not going to give who we think it is to you out of all the managers who would you say is the Kent manager of the season and maybe the be- best player you've seen play for a Kent side this season oh crikey that's a question I have I think um Kent manager of the season I think uh, it has to be Chris Kinnear because Chris Kinnear had to build a side from nothing at the start of the season I think he had one player signed you correct me yeah. on this uh, just before the start of the season and there they are they're in the playoffs hopefully and uh 
I think he's done a wonderful job yet again and uh, top-notch manager. Exactly. Any, any, any players out there you think you've seen a Kent front of it? That's a difficult one. Who would you say? Would you say a player that you think could go on to better and bigger and better stuff? I, that that is a difficult one. Um, I think that um, I do like Corey Whiteley mm. at Ebbsfleet. Whether he'll go on, whether he's had his chance, but he's an excellent player. Um, I think it was a shrewd signing by Ebbsfleet. Um, he's a player that uh, I always enjoy watching. But I'm sure I'll get home and think of other players that have done just as well. Well, thanks very much, Tony. I say a week to go. Plenty of ifs and buts. Absolutely. But that's the way you and I love it, Matt. Well, so then, Matt, seeing as you asked Tony the questions, I want your manager and player of the season and tell me someone who can step up to a higher level. Uh, manager of the season. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna have to go with Neil Smith. I've done an absolutely brilliant job at Bromley. The one, I nobody expected them to, to be up there struggling at the... Um, the wrong end of the table. He's galvanised the squad. He's brought some really good players through, like some Reese. He's turned um, other players around who struggle a little bit at, at that level. So I think he's done a fantastic job. And the trophy run when they've had to travel length and breadth of the country shows a real character and what a good manager he is. My player of the season, I think I'm going to go, I him a couple of times, Dean Rance. I think he'll be next to the He scored that winning penalty. He's a he's sort of an unsung hero for them, I think, really as well. So he's not one of the um, standout players, but he does all the donkey work, battles in midfield, scores goals you did at the end of the season, important goals. So I'll go for him and the player to step up. I'm trying to sell David players, but I, I think um, Giancarlo Gattafuco's got a chance going into the league. He's an excellent professional, works really hard off the pitch. Good team man. I want him to go because I think he can do really. Really good stuff for Liverpool. There has been a few clubs linked with him. I think Walsall have been linked in to Dean Keats' link as well. So uh, maybe uh, I think Galafuco's got a chance of going into the league. But I think, you know, we think this time last year, Greenwich Borough um, sold Moisa to Deltonham and Moisa could go for a million pounds in the uh, transfer window. So there is definite players to go out there who can um, do a job. But um, we've got some good players in. But I'll go for Galafuco's got a chance. Go the um, yeah, so my manager of the year, Matt, is Neil Cugley. I don't think you can look past what a great job he's done at Folks and Invicta this season. I think it's absolutely superb. And my player of the year is, and who can step up to level, is probably the same person, to be honest. I think Alfie Pavey. I think he's been managed really, really well by Tony Berman so far this season. I think that, you know, he had that period around Christmas time where he was in and out of the team, but he still popped up with crucial goals. That absolutely brilliant one that won the derby at Welling for them on Boxing Day, for example. And I think the future is very, very bright for him. And, I, and I'll be surprised if he's at Dartford next season because I think he's done so well. Personally speaking, and I'm not telling anyone how to do their jobs, but I think Pavey and Maidstone United would be a brilliant fit. I don't know what you think, Matt. I did mention that a scout that I saw um, about that. and He was a little bit thinking that maybe Maidstone wouldn't have him back. But um, yeah, I liked him when I saw him at Welling in pre-season again. I think he's a, he's a good physical player. I know Orient have been linked with him and it's interesting these comments um, what he said after the game on uh, Sunday when they lost he said he, you know this time last year he was worried if he'd get a get a club which he did went to Welling didn't really work out went to Dartford but he's confident if he doesn't stay at Dartford then um, he'll easily pick up a club I'm reading to that I'll be impressed if, he, if Dartford can hold on to him player of the season young strong I think Mason will be a nice fit for him he scores goals and it's a nice sort of turning circle when he started off at Mason Academy 
and went to Millwall. Yeah, they've got. To, I would have thought that Jay Saunders, who knows him as well, seen probably seen him develop, probably developed more one season in the National South than he, than he did at Millwall's under 23s. That maybe he could bring him back. A local boy, I think. So um, yeah, I think they must they must be one of the club's favourites to sign him. I well, indeed. Right then, well, we're going to end this week's show on a little bit of a positive note because there's still one big game for a Kent side to come. And it's a big one as Bromley go to Wembley a week on Sunday. We're going to be there, looking forward to it very much. And on Monday, I caught with keeper David Gregory and he too can't wait for the big day. We're two weeks away now from Wembley. How excited are you? Very, very, very exciting. I can't wait. And as a local lad, how much does it mean to you to know that you're going to be walking out on the Wembley pitch in a Bromley shirt? Very good, very good. Um, it's something I've always dreamt of doing and I'm sure every young lad has um, as a young boy playing in the fields of, uh, of any park playing Wembley it's what, it's what you dream of and to do that with the team down the road for me is, is, is special and uh, what's it like for you guys obviously you've got three weeks off before the cup final whereas your opponents are in the playoffs in the playoff final do, do you think that's going to help you because you can focus a bit more um, well we're in training full time as, as we would do anyway and we've got Played a couple of games just to keep keep our um, keep our eyes in as such, and um, yeah, I, I suppose nothing, nothing has changed really in that respect. It's been quite a run for you in the FA Trophy, hasn't it? You've certainly put the miles in. But yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been a long ride, not just for us, but for the fans as well. There's been some passions and awful the same or awful debacle with the postponements and the, are we playing? Are we not playing? Where are we playing against them? And um, I think getting to Wembley was, was a, a massive reward for the fans, really, to um, reward that, those wasted journeys and those difficult journeys to come come and support us. Um, it's them, really. And um, I know you were very disappointed to miss out on the playoffs, but you know, you're know all focused on Wembley now, I assume. Uh, yeah, well, we were we set out at the start of the year to reach the playoffs, having so close and to miss out sort of on, on the final day. The final week, really, we kind of fell short um, obviously drawing at home to Barrow and um, failing to win at uh, Maidenhead uh, it was extra disappointing to go all, all that way keeping contention for the whole season and suddenly fall short before the World Cup however it is the most positive year for the club uh, going forward so on reflection it has been that the club will look back with fond memories I'm sure and how good a manager is Neil Smith? Everyone I speak to you says he's brilliant. Um, he's been fantastic to me, especially um, I've, I came to the club with next to no games um, my belt. So for him to show faith in, in my ability without really knowing, knowing what I'm like as a goalkeeper has is, is, is been brilliant. He stuck with me for the whole year. So um, I'm, I'm very thankful to him. And I suppose it helps having experience like Roger Johnson in front of you, doesn't it? Yeah, of course it does. Rogers played at the highest level of club football um, in the world, really. I think in uh, in, um, in the Premier League, and, uh, having someone like him and watching how he plays, how he positions himself on, on the pitch is is a fantastic learning learning step for me. Learning step, so. And obviously, you started your career at Crystal Palace, and, and you've kind of dropped out of the football league from, from that. But what was it like being a youngster at Palace? Um, initially, it was it was. Bouncing, um, my lads were coming through. The lads that I knew were coming through in the first team. Seeing them succeed was fantastic. And um, as soon as the club sort of went up to Premier League, um, the 
the route, the pathway through got kind of blocked by the necessity to stay in the league, which is completely fair enough. The league, but the club needed to stay in the league to grow. So um, it sort of came the suffering of a lot of the uh, academy players. So um, yeah, it, it was good initially. Loads of kids coming through Wilfred Star, Johnny Williams, Carl Silva. Um, all of them really pushing through a, a good time for the academy and um, as soon as we went up it sort of stopped and that's when I think a lot of the young lads just me included in that group realised that okay um, I think our time and our, our pathway to becoming a professional footballer is going to be elsewhere and um, obviously looking at the, at the FA Trophy final again Brackley do you know much about them? Um, well I've, I've looked at a few of their games I've looked at a lot of their highlights on YouTube and what, what I can get a hold of and um, they seem like a very good passing side they, they break the lines very well they, um, they they keep the pool well under pressure and they've done well fantastically well over the course of their season and they've beaten some strong sides in our league to get to the FA Trophy final so they're, they're due a lot of respect and no one at Bromley will underestimate their abilities and capabilities in this competition so uh, I think it'll be a good time on the day I suppose you start as favourites, but do you welcome that sort of pressure? Um, well, to play at Wembley is is the ultimate pressure or non-pressure. You you just go into it like any other game. I think and just enjoy the enjoy the occasion. You want the will to win is there, of course, but to play at Wembley is is, is any dream, and to go in there as favourites is is obviously a positive. Um, but I, I don't think it will change our approach to the game. And how do you think you're going to feel when you come out of that tunnel and then you run towards that goal and there's going to be thousands of Bromley fans behind it? I, I have no idea how, how it's going to feel. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to the to the feeling. Um, I sort of take it in as it comes and enjoy the moment. I think that, um, I'm not anticipating anything. I just want to take it in as it comes and see, see how it comes. And just one, I suppose it's one of those days, a cup final, where you always think, oh, there could be a chance of penalties. You'll be the goalkeeper. How does that make you feel? Um, of course, it's it's a it's a chance to be a hero um, in that kind of situation. And uh, going into those, you have nothing to lose. Really, as a goalkeeper, you you sort of a hero, or you're you're not really. Um, <laughs> you just it, it's it's a it's a win win for a goalkeeper when he gets to that kind of situation. However, hopefully we don't have to go that far. Hopefully we can get the job done before help is needed. Excellent. Matt, I enjoyed that chat with David Gregory there. I think he um, he spoke very well. And, and I thought the, the stuff he said about Crystal Palace was interesting. We'll come on to that in a minute. But you can tell how much he's looking forward to the big day at Wembley, can't you? Uh, I think it must be for a player at this level. Um, 15,000 Bromley tickets sold at this present when we record the pod. It's unbelievable the reception the players are going to get. And when he walks out, no, it's probably quite emotional for him when he sees that from there. What he's come from, uh, released from Palace. Uh, didn't really work out for Cambridge, but Neil Smith, again, showing the character of Neil Smith, what he can do. Gave him the number one jersey. He could have gone to get a more experienced keeper. He had Ross Flitney last year and Alan Julian, so he's used more experienced goalkeepers, but he's thrown him in and he's had a fantastic season. So will he be the hero in the penalty shootout? I love those things. What will be, will be. So, uh, yeah, fantastic. And I'm really looking forward to the final as well. So, Brackley, be interesting to see because Brackley have got to the final of the uh, Conference North, haven't they? So they've played a lot of games this season. And Bromley haven't, wouldn't have played for three weeks. So they were a little bit of ring rusty, but I'm sure they won't be. They'll be working really hard in training and those important friendly games. It should be a really good day out. Hopefully the weather will be shining, the sun will be shining. And we'll look forward to it. And hopefully um, 
be good to end the uh, podcast with a little bit of Kent Silverware. Because going back, I shouldn't have mentioned it. I was speaking to somebody else. Um, I don't think this must be the first season in a long while that uh, we haven't had a side. Everybody apart from the Kent League sides who come up, who haven't changed division. So it must be at least ten years. So um, hopefully we haven't been too much of a jinx. We haven't got any sides promoted, but I suppose we haven't got any sides relegated, have we? No, it's very interesting that. I mean, like you say, we've had teams like Dover have gone down and then back up. Ebbsfleet have gone through leagues. Maidstone have gone through leagues. So you must be right. It must be several, several years since there's not been a, a Kent side get promoted in, in the non-league system. And it is very strange because we've, we've been so close with so many teams. Um, but it is, you know, it's one of those. But I think a, a win at Wembley in on May the 20th would be the perfect finale to the season and as I say we are going to be there and I think we're going to try and do the podcast on the way home from that game we're going to be on the train um trying to do that um which is going to be uh which is going to be really good and I mean that's it our last regular show of the season um I'm so disappointed that none of our National League teams are in the playoffs but to be honest I'm a little bit relieved as uh, one half of us um is not actually here at all next week and unlike my previous holidays, this time the laptop is staying firmly at home. I'm going to have a proper week of relaxation. I'm not even taking my running gear with me, Matt. You're not going to get the form of the market, are you? <laughs> practice, practice, practice. Think Roger Babis did that, wouldn't he? When he went to, I don't know, Clacton on the sea for his holiday. I bet he took his running gear, so disappointed. Well, yeah, I've, I've, let my, I've let everyone down there, I suppose. Um, but hey, this is our last Wednesday record of the season. The last time for a few months I'm going to be sat in the laptop... It, by the green close to work um so i do want to say as i always do a huge thank you to everyone who's listened but everyone who's listened at any point this season or interacted with us on social media thank you so so much it really means a lot to me that this little idea i had back last year has turned into such a well-regarded show and that so many of you out there enjoy it um i also have to say a huge thank you as well to matt because this genuinely would be nothing without you matt so thanks very much for giving up your wednesday lunchtimes over the past nine months uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, John. I, I really, um, really enjoyed doing it, keeping up with the And I've learned so much as well about some of these Kent sides that, you know, I looked at the papers on a Sunday and see their scores, but, you know, you're finding the stories behind the headlines as well. So it's really good. And hopefully next season can be even more exciting as well. So, um, and of course, I hope I haven't too moan too much about Dover, but I'm looking forward to the season already. Come on, you whites! I was just going to say, I mean, the, the, show's, the show's been really good for us as well, and we'll, you'll find out more why about that, I promise you. And um, I suppose, Matt, I should just double-check, you've mentioned it a couple of times, but you do want to do this again next season then, yeah? Uh, yeah, I, I'm just about, my agent will be in contact with your agent. I may ask for uh, a fit of a sausage roll when I see you occasionally, but that's probably my only demand for next season. I, I'm not very high-maintenance, so... Uh, I'm more than happy. If people still want me, I'll be here. Okay, well, we'll I'll put a poll out on Twitter then, maybe. Do you want Matt back next season? I don't know. Um, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. That would upset me, you see. I'm a sensitive soul at heart. Okay, okay. Well, no worries. All right, then. We'll, we'll do it. You, you can have the job. You can stay for next season. That's fine. Um, yeah, so thanks, everyone, for listening, as always. As always, we're on social media on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast and on Facebook at Kent Non-League. Um, I'll still try and update a few bits and pieces of that. But if you're more interested in in our, the rest of our lives and hashtag bring back mint feasts, um, I'm at John Phipps 81 on Twitter. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Um, as I say, we'll be back with you in about 10 days time with an FA Trophy final special. Um, but until then, thanks very much for listening and we'll speak to you soon. I'm not buying a magnet because they're so expensive. <laughs>